Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of Renoites. This is one of my live tapings. We've done a number of live episodes recorded at Black Rabbit Mead in the Brewery District. Earlier this year, during sober January, I had the chance to sit down with Sarah Bear Rively from Curious in the City. Curious in the City is a business she started to help bring sober curiosity to our community, different non-alcoholic options, different events for people who are abstaining for whatever reason from alcohol for maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe forever, all different reasons that people choose not to drink and giving more options to our community. It was great to be able to sit down with her and learn more about what she is working on, some of her upcoming events, and of course, to enjoy the wonderful Black Rabbit Mead, one of my favorite places in town, and I'm so appreciative that we've had the opportunity to do so many live episodes there. In our conversation on this episode, we talk about an upcoming event. It is a sober dinner with Chef Jonathan Chapin. That is happening on March 8th, so not too far away. There are still tickets available, I believe. You can learn more about that at the Curious in the City webpage or Instagram. Find Curious in the City on Instagram for the details on that. Again, it is a full menu dinner with non-alcoholic wine pairings. Seems like a really fun time. So check that out if you are interested. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thanks to the folks who came out to the live in-person taping and tasting. And thank you for listening. And now this week's guest from our special live episode, Sarah Bear Rively. Welcome, 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 everyone. If you are not familiar with Renoites, my name is Connor McQuivy. I host a weekly podcast interview show. It's called Renoites, and it has been about three years. We're coming up on three years of the show, and the goal of the show is to have a little bit of everyone on. So there's some, you know, news and politics, arts and culture stuff, and I've been really glad that in the last year we've had these live tapings of the show here at Black Rabbit Mead. So thank you so much to Will. And this is the first live Renoites taping of the year. This one's a little bit different because we have the tasting element of the show. Obviously, people who are at home listening to this now, you don't get to participate in the tasting. I'm sorry. But for folks here in the room, we're going to be kind of alternating between the interview portion of the podcast. And then we're going to do a tasting. Will's going to come back up and introduce a drink and do a tasting. And we're going to alternate throughout the event in that way. So thank you so much for being here, and let's welcome my guest for this first live episode of Renoites of the Year, Sarah Bear-Rively. Welcome thank to Renoites. You. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thanks, Connor. So as Will mentioned before we got started, the focus of this event is on non-alcoholic beverages, and this is a bar, but it's great that we can be in a bar enjoying drinks that are not alcoholic beverages. For people who don't drink for whatever reason, in the past, there's been a lot of limitations about what you can do, where you can go, what's available to you. So Sarah has started Curious in the City, which is geared towards creating more opportunities for people who are not drinking for one reason or another. So Sarah, can you just start by telling us a little bit about what Curious in the City is? Yeah, thank you. So Curious in the City is a passion project that has turned into a brand and a business and recently launched in coordination with Dry January. I attended an event last year at Picnic, and it was a Dry January event, and I kind of told myself, it's now or never, that this is really beyond just a, a, a trend. This is a lifestyle of becoming sober curious or examining our relationship with alcohol. And so in the last year, I've worked my booty off to make this vision a reality. And so Curious in the City is here to support you for any reason you choose to be sober. Living here in northern northern Nevada, there is a million reasons why somebody may choose to indulge in alcohol or also choose to go without. So whether it is somebody training for a fitness kick, you have RTO coming up and you're abstaining, or you are doing a long-term, as I am, I'm about to celebrate three years of sobriety. So <laughs> thank you. So there's a million reasons. And really what it comes down to is there's a... There's a million more why it's nobody's business, why you choose to drink or not drink. So Curious in the City is here to support you for those reasons through non-alcoholic events, speaking engagements and fun events like this tonight, as well as partnerships with brands so we can get this logo and this brand out there to really be a help for people who don't want to drink. Yeah. You mentioned there's a lot of different reasons that people don't drink. It's sober January. We're recording this at the end of January. A lot of people take a break at the beginning of the year. Just because they have resolutions, it feels like a good time to make a change in what they're doing. But you mentioned you've been sober for three years. Can you talk a little bit about 
your own sobriety and decision not to drink. And again, we just said that it's nobody's business. Why? But since you're on a podcast, can you talk a little bit about your own experience? Yeah. And I think (laughs) that as the face of Curious in the City, it's important to be transparent about my journey, too. And everybody's journey is different. And I think that's really important to to recognize that my journey is different than somebody else's. And for me, I have grown up here in northern Nevada. And northern Nevada is a party. Every Everything is an excuse to drink. There's a walk for everything. And you have your hand filled for everything, for every event. So I really took advantage of all the fun that northern Nevada had for for years. And I joke that over COVID, I single-handedly kept all the bars in business with the to-go cocktails. I felt like that was my duty. So every five o'clock was cocktail time. And as I became a mother, too, my daughter's five and a half. And that was really a breakthrough moment as she began to grow to see that I wanted to be present for her growth, too. And alcohol was not a good component for that. And so what started as just a dry January adventure in 2021, then evolved to, let me go a little longer, and we'll discuss this later, what Sober Curious is about. But Mm -hmm. this was kind of examining my relationship and not really committing to long-term sobriety. But it was, let's just see how long I feel like I don't want to drink or see what this relationship looks like. And so dry January turned into my birthdays in February, early February, So that kind of is that my birthday is my sober birthday, too. I thought it was a good date just to get it going. And so that's what I've been celebrating every year. And yeah. Yeah. What made you decide to turn this into a business and to really take what you were worrying about and what you were working on and what you cared so much about into something that you wanted to share with the community and and grow? Good question. We all find our sobriety and our support groups in different ways. And I was fortunate enough where I didn't need to do a formal treatment like AA. But where I did find, especially since some of it happened in that weird world right after COVID, I found a lot of my support virtually. And so I kind of just created a world virtually of kind of self-affirmations and things that help me stay sober. And through that, I found that there is community and a needed community and a, and more or less a need And with that, as I became secure in my sobriety, I found that there was something missing here in Northern Nevada. And I heard that loud and clear from other people who were long-term sober or just not drinking for the day that were missing that community. And that's what I wanted to create. And that's what Curious in the City is about, is creating that sober community of recreation and fun. Yeah. Who are the people who have kind of helped you to turn this into a thing? Who are the people who you first shared this idea with and kind of have had support for you from the get-go? Yeah. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but didn't really know how to go about doing it, turning this idea into a business. What started off as Sober Mom Reno has evolved into Curious in the City. And I committed to myself and also signed up for Rachel McIntyre's Flourish Academy, which is like a mastermind class that she does about annually. Rachel McIntyre is also one of the co-owners of the Virgil, so you'll be tasting one of her drinks tonight too. And I had a really unique opportunity to work with two other people who wanted to start businesses. One who's an artist, Emerson, if you don't know her, check her out. And also Rebel Yeti is a local DJ. So the three of us got to work with Rachel and create our visions. And so I was able to evolve that over the last couple months. Excellent. Yeah. I definitely want to hear more about the community and kind of the people who have helped you to put this together. You mentioned Curious in the City is not necessarily about people who are sober for their entire lives or people who are in recovery from alcoholism. People choose not to drink for any number of reasons for any period of time. So can you just talk a little bit more about that difference between being sober and being sober curious and why you use that kind of language around the work that you're doing? Yeah. And I think... It was said, too, by Will that we are trying to figure out our wording on this, that this is kind of uncharted territory. So very strategically, what started off in my brand name as Sober Mom Reno has evolved to Curious in the City. And a lot of that has to do with how we feel about the word sober and for any reason. But it's very triggering. And then when you say that sober, the word sober is triggering, people get triggered about the word trigger. And so it kind of becomes this thing where you kind of shut down and it really excludes people when that's the complete opposite of what Curious in the City is about, which is including people. 
And so to answer your question, the difference between sober and sober curious, I think is that line down the middle of, no, I'm not going to explore anything else. I'm sober. This is just what it is. And there's no room for looking at the other world around. And then there's sober curious, which allows you to kind of examine your relationship with alcohol. And again, sober curiosity is not for everybody. Your relationship with alcohol and addiction it can be real. And so being able to have the luxury of examining your relationship, some people don't have that. And I'm fully aware of that. But for me, I've been able to go without and find these fun alternatives that create the flavors, that create the mood, whether it's the placebo effect, but holding a nice glass with a pretty ice cube, I'm sold. I'll pay those extra $4 for the stamp on my ice cube on a pretty block. It creates a social atmosphere that sober curiosity kind of allows you to explore. And that's what I like about the word curious is the ability to explore. And can I say that I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life or go alcohol-free? That's kind of how I'm trying to evolve is saying alcohol-free seems a little bit less triggering Mm. than sober. So I can't say that my whole life is going to be alcohol-free, but that's the beauty of sober curiosity is it allows me to examine that and see when it fits and when it doesn't. And it hasn't fit for the last three years, so I'm going to keep going with that. I do have to say that a lot of this idea of sober curiosity came from a book about sober curious. There is a book called Sober Curious and worth the read and worth looking up the movement itself. But that really is about examining your relationship. Yeah. I think that this is happening a lot for people who are about our age. We, I think we're almost the exact same age. We're oh, the yeah. same grade I mean, in school. Yeah. So <laughs> I just turned 40 and I know so many people who in their 30s, early 40s, that kind of, you know, pre, pre-midlife age group, I guess, has decided that they just don't want to drink as much for a variety of reasons. And it's not that they feel that they are addicted or that they're drinking too much or that it is having immediate negative health effects on them, but that it just seems like it doesn't make sense as much anymore. I think when you're younger, your social life revolves around alcohol more frequently. I think that it's easier on your body when you are younger to drink a lot and then still get up and do things the next day. But I'm realizing that a lot of this sober curiosity and this, you know, deciding to drink less or not at all is happening for people who are around our age. Can you talk a little bit about that as kind of a a thing for a certain I mean, obviously, this is for everybody, but can you talk a little bit about the the different people who might be falling into these sober curious categories? Yeah, I really see exactly what you said is that that 35 to 40 age group is really relating the message that really hard in our early years, whether you lived in Reno or didn't, that we grew up with, I mean, some people call us whatever, what generation, Oregon Trail generation, where we grew up with technology. But we also grew up with Zimas evolving into White Claws. And so alcohol has been everywhere in our lives. And I think learning how to take a break has been important. And 40-year-olds still want to go out and have a good time. Parents still want to have a fun drink. But it's becoming a little cliche to fill up your Stanley with your White Claw and take that to your your child's soccer game. I mean, there's something really cliche and kind of gross, in my opinion, about glamorizing the relationship of alcohol with motherhood, that you cannot mother without alcohol, that you need your bottle of wine. This holds a bottle of wine. One Stanley is 40 ounces. I don't think that that's glamorous, that you want to be clear for your child's game. It doesn't mean don't go enjoy something later on at night, but let's take the focus of alcohol out of it. So I think that that age group really relates. But I have also found I work with a bunch of 20 to 30-year-olds who all went dry January, who all went and may go longer than just this month, but they also partied a lot over the holidays. So why Sober Curious? They were hurting from the holidays. I remember joking about that. My organs hurt because I drank too much or what a hangover I have. And they just wanted to stop feeling bad in the mornings and wanted to still be social and go out. Yeah. I was going to ask you about younger generations because I know you work with young people. Do you think part of that is that they have seen people our age and seen their parents and the result of kind of the drinking culture and the wine mom culture? And why do you think that that is a thing that's happening for younger people too? 
I think some of it is seeing the relate their parents' relationship with a substance, and also knowing that they want to have some clarity in their own lives. So curious in the city is here if you're even just on a first date, and maybe you don't want to be all sloshed when you're trying to make some real life decisions. Try to see if you like this person or whatever the case may be. And so curious in the city is about feeling empowered. And at any age group, I do have to say it's a harder sell for the older age group being 50 and above that why would I pay for something that doesn't have alcohol? Why am I going to a wine dinner where I'm not going to get drunk? Why am I? There's so many other concepts behind it. So it's a harder sell, I find. But I have to tell you, every week I get at least three articles sent from family members. So that means that it is making a difference if the Washington Post and the New York Times are, are writing about it. This is a real movement. So I'm happy that Reno is catching on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is that the trendiness and the kind of the the this is not brand new, but it is recently kind of talked about a lot more and more prominent, I think, in our culture. Is there something kind of like cool or hip about choosing not to go get drunk all the time? Is like do young people still see the kind of binge drinking that has been popular and sometimes still is popular as the cool thing that I think people our age may be used to? Well, I think cool is in the eye of the beholder, but I think what has really helped change the movement is brands that have really bought into it and understanding that mocktails are more than just some juice. I have to admit that I've had some horrible sugar hangovers worse than alcohol hangovers because bartenders try to push just juice on me or I appreciate that there are a lot of places more more and more places here in northern Nevada that are making mocktails but I have to say there are very few that are doing infused smart interesting things and also using the non-alcoholic elixirs or non-alcoholic spirits and just as we had talked about the flavors and the essence and the things that make you want to drink whether it's the burn down your throat that you actually really like, or when you're drinking a tequila, that smokiness, or when you're drinking a rum, that sweetness and that pepperiness that doesn't change that you don't or that you still want those flavors. And now there's smart businesses who are jumping on board and creating those flavors, capturing those flavors in a bottle and being able to make smart elixirs. There's now bottle shops where you can start purchasing these things where it's not unobtainable that you have to just go online and get something or travel to a big city to buy something that you've maybe never heard of. There's more and more really good options, which is also selling the idea more. And I know one of the also, I know another of the alternatives to alcoholic drinks are drinks that have not intoxicating effects, but have claimed like relaxing effects or there's drinks that have adaptogens, CBD, the other drinks that are non-alcoholic, but they uh, profess some other kind of benefit that may lay somewhere between a completely non-alcoholic drink and an alcoholic drink. Can you talk a little bit about those beverages and how they fit into a sober curious lifestyle? I think that it's really cool to see the evolution of just cocktails and drinks and being able to craft. And that's why I love calling a mixologist, the people who make our drinks, they're still mixologists. These are mocktails, not just a non-alcoholic drink, because the craft is so important. Yeah, using different adaptogens and different, there's some people using mushrooms and different things. So, I mean, do the research, but different non-psychedelic mushrooms is what I'm talking about, like reishi and other types of things can really help with whether it's relaxing or making you feel good. CBD, same thing. So I think that there is really cool relationships that you can have with feeling good where it's not alcohol, where you're not compromising yourself when you go behind the wheel. At my launch party, we, I discussed that with a couple friends. It was an icy night, and they were so thrilled to have a fun drink and then also feel empowered to drive home safely. We're northern Nevada, and people make a lot of poor choices sometimes when driving. And so this also empowers you to feel really good about having a fun night out and then not putting yourself and others at risk. So there's a lot of different elements, I think, that pull it all together. To my next question, which was about what it's like to drink in a bar as someone who is not drinking alcohol in most bars and how much that sucks. There's very often not a lot of options. So can you tell me a little bit about kind of the experience, experiences that you've had as someone who isn't drinking alcohol 
trying to go to bars. Yeah, it has been a challenge. And again, that's part of why Curious in the City happened. It's important to feel like you are spending your money wisely when you go out, that your money is being valued nowadays. And beyond that, that you are out for a good time. And so what was really frustrating for me is going back to some of these bars that I used to like when I was drinking and being told now as a non-drinker that, sorry, we can't help you, more or less, being told that you can have a juice or, hey, we'll pour you an Arnold Palmer. Those are really good. Like That's something really creative to come up with lemonade and iced tea. It's not what I want either. So it was what I also found is early in my sobriety that if a bartender kind of gave me one of those, we don't really have something or you tell me what to make and I'll make it for you. It was one of those that I froze and often would just go back to my regular and go back to a vodka soda or something like that because it was easier just to order a drink and move on. And so I think it's really important to have this cohesive relationship with our local businesses I love that the, what we're tasting tonight are really local business centered too, because that's a lot of what Curious in the City is about, is supporting local businesses that are supporting the non-alcoholic movement and making you feel empowered for going to the bar to order something that you want to drink. By bars not providing mocktail op- options or non-alcoholic options, they're only doing themselves a disservice. The business or the the clientele is growing for people who want to consume mocktails. And so why would you shut off a growing population and make them feel left out as opposed to just offering two things on a menu make you feel empowered? There's one bar that offers one drink and a Michelada. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like, I cannot wait to go to that place. Let people have options. Put it in writing instead of saying, I'll make you something that you like. That's great that you can, but that's really hard. What have you found with bartenders kind of learning to adapt to make more non-alcoholic beverages? And what have you seen in terms of that appearing on menus more often? And are we making progress in that, you know, in that regard in the last couple of years that you've seen? We're definitely making progress here, both locally and nationally. And beyond dry January, I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens after this month and who's still here in northern Nevada keeping a mocktail on their menu It's great that everybody's focusing on it now, but what's going to happen as people return to the bars in February and March and want to go out for a date with their loved one on Valentine's Day and still want to feel empowered to have a good drink? There's a brand of non-alcoholic wine that I love, and there's only the only place to get it is North Star. And so that really hit them as a market that we're missing this. And what's hard to sell, though, is people caring, bartenders, bars, establishments, Spending that little extra to buy into this concept because a bottle of non-alcoholic spirit or non-alcoholic wine often costs the same, if not more, than some of the other alcoholic spirits. So it really becomes really buying into the movement, not just understanding that this bottle might sit on your shelf for a little bit. It's that you're making an impact and that every bot or glass that you're serving with this is creating this relationship with your clientele. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that this is not just in Reno. When we were at your launch event at Picnic, I had a friend in town who's from Seattle, and she said, you know, in a few months, this is going to be everywhere because it's already happening in places like Seattle and in Portland and in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and in a lot of bigger cities. This is something that is not, you know, you did not invent this sober curious movement. This is happening in a lot of places around the country and around the world. Can you talk a little bit more about about that, what you've seen from other places and what other cities and areas are doing in, you know, in similar terms? Yeah, this is, yeah, what I'm doing is not necessarily unique, but what it is is unique to Northern Nevada and Nevada as a whole, that there's not really that celebration. What I do have to say is it's been really refreshing to see the communities join together, that even though there's some overlap in what people are doing, people understand that there's different markets and different needs and that we can all share this passion. I am in touch with somebody actually in Vegas who just opened up a bottle shop and somebody in Portland. And it's fun to grow together and create this movement together. The way that I met our All the Bitter family is they came to Reno to accept an award. We have um, an annual local award, Lori Windefelt, 
does an annual award ceremony for the non-alcoholic community and the sober community where I won most inspirational person for 2023. Thank you. So (laughs) thank you. And all the bitter one for one of their bet for one of the best products. So that this community, the non-alcoholic community is growing and everybody knows that it really takes grit to get people to pay attention. So I don't think that there's really unhealthy competition. We're all in it to grow together. Yeah, I think that having a place to go, we talked a little bit about this, that is for everybody, right? Like the inclusiveness of having non-alcoholic options on the menu makes it, excuse me, makes it easier for you to go and hang out with your friends who are drinking, right? I think that for people who aren't drinking, sometimes it feels like there's a limit on what you can do because it's so natural and so normal to go to the bar as a social event. So can you talk a little about how having that inclusivity or that ability to offer something for everyone helps our social environment and helps people connect and go to the same places and be together as friends? Yeah. I had a friend who came to our launch party and she told me afterwards that this was the first time that she was in as long as she could remember that she was able to go out with her sober friends as well as her drinking friends and that they all sat at a table for two hours and laughed and drank and had fun things to talk about and fun drinks and just fun, fun, fun. And that's a lot of what Curious in the City is, is whether it's today or tomorrow or in the future, it's okay that we're all together for having a good drink. I At the launch, I was joking that I had a bottle of mead that I was raffling off and people were kind of questioning that. Why is there alcohol being raffled off at this party? And Curious in the City is to support you whether you're drinking or not. Or my spouse, my husband does drink and from time to time. And so we're able to be in a cohesive relationship and not have to worry about going out together because he's able to get his alcoholic drink and use bitters in his um, old fashioned. And I'm able to use bitters in my non-alcoholic drink. So it's really shining light on how we can all be social together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the the option of going for a coffee is great if it's the daytime. But like if it is the evening, sometimes it is nice to go to a bar or a place that has a bar environment. Because I think the environment's a big piece of it, too. It's not just what you're drinking, but, you know, there's a lot of cool bars. One of the things I like about Reno is we have like a really good bar scene with cool environments, with good entertainment, and it's all over town. So I think having an opportunity to actually take advantage of that without having to go drink is a huge benefit, right? Yeah, I think that's really important that you said that. I was asked that once, too, is why are we meeting at a bar as opposed to at a park or at a coffee shop? And we were meeting after work at 5.30. And what does the quote-unquote average person want to do when they want to socialize after work? You go to a bar. You want to drink. And as much as we have a really also fantastic coffee shop scene here in northern Nevada, very few are open past 6 o'clock. So if you want to have a conversation after work, if you want to just be able to relax in a cool, funky place or a lounge or I mean, yeah, we have so many cool places. And I felt like I was missing out on the the coolness, even even though I sometimes feel old now, but it doesn't change that I want to see these new businesses and also support local support all the, the new in Nevada. I'm glad that places are kind of changing their thought and we're able to go enjoy. I know that having more options, especially at like at bottle shops, I know craft here in town also just recently yeah. did a big non alcoholic series of events where they had a whole bunch of non-alcoholic beverages. So seeing that not just in bars, but also in places where you're shopping for normally alcohol, but shopping for beverages to take home, having non-alcoholic options there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think Kraft has one of the best walk-in coolers in Northern Nevada. So I think it's fun that you can still walk in and find a non-alcoholic option there. And it makes you feel empowered that you can get something that you and your friends can all go to the same location and I'll choose something, could be all something different, and I'll have a fun time instead of feeling left out. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Curious in the City. So we've talked about kind of this general what's happening in bars, but you have a specific goal with Curious in the City. Can you tell me a little bit about how, how it works and how bars can benefit by partnering with you? What does it look like for a bar to work with you with Curious in the City? Yeah, we're looking for bars to partner. And I think that this is a really good relationship that everybody should get in on. The idea is creating kind of a Yelp meets safe place, if you know about safe place. 
So the idea is creating kind of a safe environment, but also combining that food and drink industry that Northern Nevada does so well. So the idea is having both the Curious in the City logo in the window of your establishment, as well as having our logo on your menus. I have stickers ready to go. So both on your menus or wherever you're going to be offering that cocktail because mocktail, um, because the idea is creating this cohesive relationship between the establishment as well as the drinker. So kind of having a secret language that maybe you don't want to divulge that you are not drinking. Maybe you're with a group of friends and you don't want to explain it. Maybe you're on that first date. Maybe you're pregnant and you don't want to tell anybody. Again, there's a million reasons why you may choose not to drink. And the idea is feeling empowered when you go to that business. So when you're at that bar, you can look at that menu and see our logo, that Curious in the City martini question mark logo and recognize that this is a place that you can feel empowered to get a drink that you will be happy with, that you know that that bartender is not going to belittle you and just tell you to order a sugary drink or just kind of say, sorry, we can't help you, that you know that you feel safe when you see that logo. Um, If you're walking up and down Midtown where there's one great place after another, when you see that logo in the window, you know that you are good to go for the night, that you are going to have an empowering, fun night with a fun drink in your hand. So that's kind of the idea is partnering to create that cohesive relationship where in a way it's kind of like a speakeasy where it's kind of fun and secret where if you're a heavy drinker, you sure as heck might not know about what Curious in the City is, but you might want to know what that logo is and you still might not want to drink one day where you would still want a pretty fun drink. So there's a million reasons why this brand is for you and why Northern Nevada businesses should jump on board. It's the same thing with wine walks, beer crawls, jump on board. Let's partner together and offer non-alcoholic options for all of those fun events. And that's also what Curious in the City is about is not that not only that partnership with the businesses, but creating these fun events that highlight the fun of Northern Nevada and create fun, safe environments for the non-drinker. Well, I know that I have missed out on sip and paints and drag bingos and some of these other fun events that Northern Nevada offers, but that are so alcohol heavy that still after three years make me uncomfortable to want to go around with shots of going everywhere. So we will be offering events year round to empower you for whether you're drinking or not, but to af- offer fun events any time of year. Yeah, I think like the fun is a big piece of it that having not just something on the menu, but I think the events make sense because Reno is really well known, again, for the crawls and the wine walks and all of the things that you listed. They Those are the things that people like to go out to. And I think the challenge of having all of those things be alcohol-based, again, kind of limits your ability to do fun things sometimes. I mean, you can still go to those things. I went to a, a wine and paint thing and I didn't drink wine and it was still fun. But it is sometimes feels kind of awkward when an event has such a strong alcohol element to it. And to feel like it doesn't have a space for you when you have the partnerships with bars that have it like on the menu and as a regular mocktail menu or non-alcoholic options is part of the goal to also have those bars be more well-trained and familiar. Like you said, you don't just want them offering you, you know, uh, Arnold Palmer. Can you talk a little bit about the like the bartender training and kind of the familiarity with non-alcoholic beverages for those businesses you want to partner with? Yeah, I think that. Education is important. And so having ongoing education available for different businesses, I think, is an important element that I'd like to include. Having outside, the tonight's event is really cool for that. And I want more makers to come to it or to have other businesses come and see all of these different options. Um, We're hosting a wine dinner coming up where it would be great for other wine shops, Whispering Vine, all those other people who are carrying wines in town to see how that relationship with food and non-alcoholic wine work together and why it's important to carry. And also teaching that there's beyond just that juice option, that if we're not educating our community, people don't want to take those risks. And especially if money is involved, why would I pay for this extra bottle of alcohol that may be barely used at first? But understanding how these are flavors and elements that will enhance not only your drinks, but also include a population and gain business are a win-win for everybody. How's it going so far? So you just launched in this month in January. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the process of the, you know, 
getting it going and launching and and creating events and what's it been like from the business perspective of making it happen? Well, business is new for me. So I want to say that the the reception has been fantastic, even in these few weeks since the the launch. What it's telling me is that I'm on the right track and the community needs us as Curious in the City. I've heard from everything from different treatment centers here in town who want to do events to just different opportunities are quickly arising. I'm even I didn't have this event planned to begin with, and this happened since the the launch. So I'm really thankful for the opportunities to be able to share this idea right now, you know, with any business, it's not eventually you want to make money. But this first year is really about exposure and making sure that people know about what we're doing, recognize our brand, recognize our message. And so that way we can create this partnership with a community. And so we're growing. I think what the hardest part is, is that buy-in, that understanding that it is still worth the commitment and paying to play, paying to go to an event, even if you're not getting wasty pants afterwards. I think it's also a Reno problem that people have a hard time committing to going to any event. So I think that we need to kind of see that change. Hopefully, 2024 is going to be our year in Northern Nevada where people will maybe RSVP a week earlier than just the day of the event. But in <laughs> Northern I would, Nevada. <laughs> I, would, I would not count on that. <laughs> I know. So as a whole, I think that there's there's great future and I really look forward to the growth that's going to happen. Yeah. What are some bars in town or some mocktails that you like and kind of you've been, you know, drinking non-alcoholic beverages for a while now. Yeah. Uh, what's some of the good stuff that you've seen in the area? I I mean, Black Rabbit is fantastic. Obviously, we're here tonight, but I really love the empowerment of having some fun elixirs using local business or featuring local businesses. Picnic is also fantastic. They hosted my launch party. But the reason why I focus on them so often is that they're really using those non-alcoholic elixirs. So when you're getting their espresso martini, it really tastes like an espresso martini. Um, you still have it in that fun glass. You can get old-fashioned alternative that makes you feel sophisticated and smoky like that. Rum Sugar Lime is doing a lot of wonderful things. Death and Taxes are doing wonderful things. And if you just want to have a nice dinner, go to the shore. The Shore at the Renaissance, their chef is also long-term sober and really focuses on the curated mocktail menu there. So it's really exciting to see what's growing. Yeah, I mean, hearing the list, including a lot of the well-known cocktail bars that everyone likes to go to for their alcoholic cocktails being included on a list that has a lot of good non-alcoholic options, that's got to be encouraging seeing like the, the well-known, well-liked bars embracing non-alcoholic drinks, right? Absolutely. And beyond that, the Peppermill, if you can even believe it, that a big corporation like the Peppermill is really highlighting mocktails too, whether you're at their spa or you're at their terrace lounge, they have seasonal mocktails, which blew my mind. So again, it's making you want to go out. I was saying to my husband, we actually need to have babysitters so we can go out and see some of these cool places. It's not just dinner. Like I want to go have a Michelada at Marino Public House. So I think that it's really cool what's about to happen. And I look forward to partnering with all these cool businesses doing it. Awesome. Sarah, you have events. You mentioned events that is a big part of Curious in the City, giving people a thing to go to. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some of the upcoming events that you have going on and what you're hoping to do this year? Yeah. The goal is to do an event a month. I'm going to start off small, but keep growing. So we have an upcoming Joyous Wine Dinner. Joyous is a non-alcoholic wine out of Washington. So we're going to be partnering with Chef Chapin, who's all over Colo and all over town. He's on, Reno he's, on, he's on Reno Whites this season as well. Awesome. Yeah, he was. That's right. We were just talking about that. So he's he's catering the meal. And so the idea is to have a wine dinner where you can actually remember the meal that you ate and also expose you to some really wonderful bubbly wines and other non-alcoholic wines that also don't taste like grape juice that are really hitting those nodes. I think it's important to reflect what alcohol is doing with the flavors without giving the effects. So I love that their Cabernet really gives that tannins and makes your tongue prickle. And the the champagne is also sharp, not like grape juice. So that's an upcoming event. We are doing a music fest in partnership with Rebel Yeti in March. In April, we have a non-alcoholic sip and paint. We're calling it the the Dry Brush Society. So we'll be having a fun sip and paint then. 
also in the works for the summer. We just have to set a date, but we're partnering with Dorinda's Chocolates. So there is no surprise that champagne and chocolates or bubbly and chocolates go well together. So again, we're going to have Joyous come on down and do chocolate and bubbles in the summertime. So that'll be a fun event. And we have more coming. So if you're interested in following along, go to CuriousInTheCity.com or I'm on all the socials. So it's a good way to stay involved and connected with both the non-alcoholic community as well as upcoming events. I was about to ask how people who aren't drinking can connect and help. But what about people who do drink, who aren't sober curious, who are, you know, don't plan on making any lifestyle changes themselves, which is, you know, a lot of people. Totally. How can people who are not necessarily trying to drink less or not at all still participate and engage and connect with you? And and how should they? Well, I think that it is important to not exclude anybody. So these events are all held in social places. Our paint and sip is going to be held at the wall. So yes, we'll have some non-alcoholic options. And if you and or your plus one want a drink, go to the bar and have a drink too. We're not saying not to drink. We're just trying to empower those who don't drink to have those options. If you're a business owner who does not have a mocktail menu or is not really considering offering that, I would love to have a conversation with you and kind of offer you to consider a a mindset change. Um, I did talk to a local bartender or bar owner who owns three or four different establishments about it, and she really was negative to the thought of it, that she has her clientele, she's very happy with what she has, and it is what it is. If somebody wants a mocktail, they can ask for it, they'll make them something. But that didn't seem very inclusive. So the idea is let's talk, let's make something that is inclusive because there's a lot of people who may be coming more often than kind of checking that as a no-go list. Well, I have a question for you. As someone who works in the bar industry and you said you don't drink a lot, I know that there are a lot of people who work in the bar industry, a lot of sober bartenders, a lot of sober bar owners. Can you talk a little bit about that working in the bar industry and kind of how that affects your your personal consumption of alcohol and that kind of tendency of people who work in bars maybe to not actually drink that much? Yeah, we have a running gag here at the meadery when we're out about town and we and we don't feel like drinking. We acknowledge that we only drink for work. It's it's a, it's strange when you come in at 9 a.m. and someone immediately offers you an alcoholic beverage and then get, that gets repeated throughout the day. And we've been into this for some years now. And so we have to hold some reins on on our relationships with alcohol. Unlike most people, we we almost quite literally are swimming in it. And it's which in a sense we love, you know, of course we understand that alcohol has many facets to it, some good, some bad, but just as any anything that we consume, it's important to do it mindfully. And so we really value non-alcoholic things to be able to to be able to enjoy or weave into to the experience of, of drinking alcohols just for our for our own personal selves you know as we've all experienced going out to the bars or you know if you have a, ch- a chance to work in this industry well one of the more mild minor effects of alcohol is that it makes water feel less enjoyable Right, we're all familiar with the notion of have a drink of a, a, a cocktail and then have a glass of water, or have a beer and have a glass of water. Pretty much, have a glass of water after every round, and it starts to get really hard to do. And I imagine it's due to some sort of biochemical thing that happens on your palate to where water just this feels boring. And I really value the NA scene growing because, well, for a lot of reasons, but one is that you you know, if a drink is made right, you can continue on exciting that palate throughout the night without necessarily getting more intoxicated. And in fact, you can really help yourself for that night and on to the next day by supplementing in things that will help dilute the alcohol down already in your system. Yeah. Is there anything that you can do non-alcoholic in the mead world? So this is a meadery. You make mead. You have non-alcoholic non-alcoholic options here. How does that work with mead? Can you make non-alcoholic mead or are there mead alternatives yeah, that, that have just, no or less alcohol? 
Mm-hmm. Ironically, I was just reading an article, I guess not ironically because it's January and I get emails from a great meadery out in the Northeast called Gromfeld Meadery. And one of those emails said, can you make a non-alcoholic mead? And interestingly, for years now, my one of my favorite tastes of mead is right when we start to ferment it. I love things that have those strong yeast flavors. And I, I think most of us do. I mean, the, the smell of bread that you enjoy so much is in large part due to the yeast that's in there. And so right when we mix honey, water, and sugar together and throw in a bunch of yeast, it has these really bready qualities to it that can be really enjoyable. And, and that's more <laughs> what the article is describing. It was just saying that you pretty much just don't let the fermentation happen. You just get it in the fridge real quick to prevent the yeast from doing much, much to it. Gotcha. Any other questions in our audience? At this point, we had a question from the audience about adaptogens and whether there are a lot of adaptogen options available here in town. Yeah, there are a few. And adaptogenic itself is an is an interesting thing, right? So an adaptogenic just being an elixir that has health benefits to it. And Blush and Bone, right over by Public House and Midtown, they opened up a few years back. An incredible woman, Sarah Lachelle, founded that company. And it's, it's a nail bar, but they also have a bar. And a big part of that bar is serving adaptogenic drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic as well. And then anytime that you're using things like Sierra Roots Wellness, which her primary mission is to be an adaptogen, she's, her aim isn't necessarily to be a, something that you throw vodka into, but you can and it's delicious. It's it's to it's provide people on tremendous health benefit by drinking her different elixirs, and so in that sense, those are very adaptogenic. And the Virgil plays around with a lot of Sierra Roots Wellness stuff, and and then I mean, some could argue that you know ginger beer itself is an adaptogen in that it can really help with metabolism after a meal, and and the all the bitter an ingredient in one of the drinks that we serve for you folks tonight that has a tremendous amount of different roots and herbs in it that have adaptogenic properties for it as well but we have yet to get to the point that some other more urban communities or more progressive communities have gotten that have really embraced the adaptogenic movement and even have completely non-alcoholic bars one could argue that a, a tea shop is an adaptogenic bar in many ways. And it would be great to see our culture grow in a way that starts embracing tea shops opening till late. Yeah, I was going to add, I mean, thank you, Will, for kind of clarifying some of that, because yes, Blush and Bone is fantastic. They also do holistic massages and clean pedicures and manicures without chemicals. So that's all really cool while getting a mocktail. But Reno Cava Bar has, if you're talking about different ways to enjoy a non-alcoholic drink, yeah, change your perspective on what a non-alcoholic drink is, and there are places that do that. Well, thank you all so much for being here. First, Will, thank you so much for giving us a space to do these live episodes and to offer these beverages. So thank you so much. And thank you, Sarah, for what you're doing in creating more options for people who are not drinking. I'm, I'd say, a pretty good example of Sober Curious in the last couple you know, years. I've met many people around my age who have stopped drinking for one reason or another, people who work in the bar industry, people who, you know, you might not expect not to drink, but they're choosing not to. And because I've been exposed to so much of that, a few months ago, I started my sober January in, I don't know, like early November, basically, just on a whim. I was like, you know what, all these people are not drinking. I wonder, I wonder how that would go for me, right? So having the opportunity to actually go out and have non-alcoholic drinks and to talk about sobriety in a way that isn't so focused on the, you know, the problematic nature of alcohol and all of the downsides and just having it be a more inclusive and positive experience of, you know, engaging socially without drinking and not having it be a big thing or a weird thing has been really cool. So thank you so much for what you're doing and for coming on the show to talk about it. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to th- throw a thank you in here as well, not only to Connor for uh, for this incredible podcast he p- puts on, but also for Sarah. It's I can't deny, as a bar owner, diving into the non-alcoholic world can feel a little intimidating, and, and you're not sure of how it's all going to go as much as you may want to include those things on your menu. But 
one thing that Sarah is really helping us to do in this community is, is redefine the bar experience. And I, I think if a lot of people ask themselves why they're going to the bar tonight, for most of them, it's, it's not going to actually be to drink. It's going to be to get together with friends and family and, and raise a glass to that relationship or a celebration of some sort. And really excited to see through the work of people like Sarah that the bar community is once again becoming a place just where the community gathers. The community comes together for some sort of purpose, largely just to have a good time. And alcohol isn't necessary for that. And a lot of people over the last couple of years have developed a more complicated relationship with alcohol. And it's been wonderful to see bars offering things for those people to really feel immersed in that celebratory experience and that communal experience without needing to drink alcohol. So thank you, Sarah, for, for helping make all that happen. Yeah. And, and, and with that, thank you all for being here. Will was just saying, coming together to be in our community and in this environment together. Thank you all so much for coming out to this event tonight. I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, I want to say thank you for coming and being curious with me and kind of exploring that with you or with us together. There's a great audience tonight, and I really appreciate each of you. And Black Rabbit is still open, so feel free to hang out, get yourself another mocktail or two, hang out, mingle, and thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this special live episode of Renoides. Special thanks to our live audience who came out to see the show there at Black Rabbit Mead, as well as, of course, Sarah and Will for being on the show. If you want to keep up with what's going on with Renoites, including upcoming live episodes, be sure to follow me on Instagram. That's at Renoites on Instagram, where I will always be posting about upcoming live events and regular episodes. We're in the middle of the current season of the show, and I've been very, very excited to welcome so many fantastic guests. I hope you're enjoying the season. And if you are, spread the word. Tell people about the show. Of course, word of mouth means everything. So I always remind you, like, comment, share, all those kind of good things to help more people know about the work that I'm doing. That's all I've got for you this week. Another new normal episode out next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. 